going to our lovely website. Hmm. Why well, I don't see your screen? Um, I'm hiding mine. I have it on the big screen. That's why. Ah, makes sense. Yes. Do you control it with a mouse right now? Yes, I'm like I'm looking at my screen right now. Okay. Yes. Sure. Actually, not even that big lag, to be honest. No, it's very nice. Yeah. Lovely. Quite lovely. Well, that means that our long-term dream of podcasting through VR actually is yeah, going I to come through. No, for real. I think we can make this into a thing for sure. <laughs> Copy. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Uh, one, one minute. I don't have time to do more of this shit. <laughs> Alright, here we go. Here we go. Um, I need to do... I need to go live on Twitch. Hello and welcome to the Research VR podcast. Oh We're back. Yeah. High five. High five. <laughs> nice. For the, for the first time uh, in VR, actually, we're not using a real set anymore. We're using a virtual one in uh, something called big screen. Whoa, I'm moving the camera. Put the camera back where it was. <laughs> uh, mm. I am your host, Oz Balabanian. This is Peter Lekoff. Um, Hello. I'm the guy with the fro, usually in big screen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're so yeah, th we're doing something a little bit different today. We're in VR. The podcast is oh, not just the, we we are yes we are in a campfire <laughs> kind of cool environment. Um, you can hear the crickets in the back in a forest and a nice fire. I don't know. I thought it was a nice scene. We have on the big screen the articles and the videos and the things that we want to talk about. So I thought I thought having this in VR would be the perfect way to kind of set a uh, a really nice uh podcasting environment. But don't you don't you think Peter? I honestly think this is one of the most brilliant ideas you ever came up with because it's, it's pretty this cool. Is a long-term dream. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We um eventually we're going to we're going to want to have like um guests in here and you know invite yeah. people from all around so this is what it looks like we can show you the whole environment i'm just grabbing the camera and pan panning it around um eventually one big screen i think has uh plans on op making the rooms bigger we want to have audience members also sitting inside a big screen like watching the podcast happen i think that could that'll Showing be really popcorn neat. It does. 
Yeah. We are live on Twitch, on Facebook. Oh, I don't think we're live on Twitter yet. Let's let's do that. Boom. Now we are nice. live on the tweeters. Um, if you have questions and comments and whatnot, uh, drop them down below. We'll be doing our best. Peter, maybe you can be in charge of that. I'm just kind of reading, um, having comments and, and questions. Uh, we're going to go through the news today of what it's like. Uh, all the SIGGRAPH news, all the uh, v- kind of science news that yes. we've seen around VR. Uh, SIGGRAPH, there was a lot announced at SIGGRAPH that I think we, we should we want people to see. Let's fix the camera a little bit again. So, um, and then at the end of the podcast, we'll talk a little bit about some high- housekeeping things. Right, Peter? We'll talk yes. a little bit about we my have trip. A lot of things. We've been away for a little yes. bit, so... Um, it's nice that we're we're finally back doing more podcasts together, and uh, let's let's do this thing. So I yes, want to f- absolutely. I, w- I want to start with um, Neurable, which I think uh, this was a big big story that came out uh, out of SIGGRAPH. Neurable is a company that's doing a BCI uh, attachment to VR. So. The, the headline here is SIGGRAPH, uh, Neurable lets you control virtual world with your mind. And so Ian Ham- Hamilton was writing this. Uh, we can see a little clip of, uh, of it in action back here. Have you seen this, Peter? Have you been, what, have you been, uh, I've definitely paying? checked, um, the articles on it because to be honest, I'm usually quite skeptical regards BCI because it's just not much. Yeah. I mean, look. Uh, it's definitely awesome for impaired people, at least what I used to say, right? But, you know, what? getting someone who is super healthy be very effective as a BCI was, in my scientific understanding, just super hard because you don't get much information per second out of a brain. Mm. But here it seems you can do a lot of magic things. So. <laughs> there are magic things happening. For people that don't know yeah. what BCIs are, uh, it's a brain com- brain computer interface so basically instead of using touch or keyboard and mouse you can actually wear something and think about um you know think about what you want to do and basically that's what they were demonstrating here is that they had a uh, a room that you can kind of go through and you can think about what object to pick up and then it like you force raise it and then you can think about the enemy that you want to hit and it goes and hits that um Peter, there's One also part. What's up? Yes. Uh, I was going to say there's part are those electrodes. Exactly. Right. Are and these are dry um, electrodes, dry right? Electrode. Yes. Uh, okay. So maybe you have one of our audience, you know, been ever to a hospital and they had to put some weird jelly on your head. Here you actually don't need it. So it's some kind of um, combination of very interesting materials like gold that are very hard pressed against your head. Right. And then also sophisticated algorithms to clean out the noise. Let's let's um, reload that. I want to look at the the thumbnail again. Um, I think you can see it pretty clearly here. Yes. Let's zoom in on that. Blue, blue, blue. Whoa. Uh oh. No. Computer can't handle Did it. Click? I don't. You can't. Com- you can't control my computer. Not okay, yet. Good. Good. Um. That's, so. That's good. So here's the yes, thing. They, they had two it. versions actually. Or where one actually still had a, a eye tracker in there as well to help you make the selection of the place. Um, yeah, that's really neat. I thought that was really cool. And um, so it, from from the article, from what Ian was saying, it worked really well for, in terms of like selecting multiple things and then firing them at an enemy. And it seems like 
there's some, you know, there, there's going to be a lot in this direction in VR going forward. I think, you know, with eye tracking being one step towards BCIs, full on BCIs <laughs> can definitely be a, 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 an interesting solution. Well, the question is how much training prevert, you know, to the experience right. you need and then the costs. Because I'm pretty sure that the eye tracker can be, if mass production, very cheap. But you saw even with the motive, you know, the prices weren't as cheap as, you know, you would usually expect for something that just controls an additional feature in your game. So. True, true. It's definitely I'm, promising, but I'm really skeptical whether it will be, you know, in the next two, three years, be mass market ready. You think but so? It's definitely awesome yeah, that they managed. I, I think they were saying five years is is yeah. their um, predictions. It's a good estimate. Yeah, it's a I mean, estimate. I haven't seen enough, you know, done in terms of BCIs and headsets. Uh, I know people have used Emotive, which is a kind of yes. a lower end. Not, I wouldn't even yes. call it a BCI, right? It's like a three-channel. Mm. No, 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 no. They have no, 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 no. They have multiple versions. They have the three-channel one and the sixteen one. Oh, okay. So with the sixteen-channel one, we actually benchmarked it in a lab where I worked, and we tested it with a Oculus DK2, I think. Uh, we measured how much uh, noise it creates, so the headset compared to your brain, mm-hmm. and in fact, it did not induce any noise that would distract the brain activity to be measured. So with cool. the sixteen channels, you can do a lot of things. However, there is a sampling rate. The sampling rate is very low for the emotive, and that limits your precision, let's say. Mm. You know, how to do, you know, quotes. Yeah, like quotes trying to do fingers. quotes. Precision. Yeah, precision. To do quotes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like this. Precision. Um, it is an yeah, EEG, yeah. correct? Um, the emotive yes. and the neurable, yes. Definitely, definitely. So, cool. Let's move on to the next going on um what's going on do should we talk about this we'll, we'll come back to this we'll come back yeah, to the story we'll come back to the, yeah um so this way this one is interesting right we're talking about controllers and inputs so this controller here let me switch so people can see the main there we go this controller changes yeah, shape to match mean. virtual objects let's take a look um <laughs> so it seems like they have this have so many nasty thoughts <laughs> <gasps> it is kind of weird. You can see it hardening and softening, and basically, it's kind of like a variable, um, yeah. variable controller. And did you, did you notice that they have a vibe tracker at the end of it? Yes, yes. It's 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 astonishing. Mm. That's just beautiful. I mean, if it helps you to grasp the virtual reality, and it's not very, you know, costly, why not? Why not? I'm a I'm a big fan of the the tactical inputs uh, or hap- yes. sorry haptical haptical tactics. Right? Yes. Is it haptical yes. haptical tactics? Um, uh, in terms of uh, kind of it it yes. has a little bit of um, real haptical like real haptics that you can feel the weight of objects as you grab them and yep. move them around in VR. So which are really neat. Um, this is from the Cornell, Cornell University. They call it the shape shifting controller, and um, yes. what do you this? I didn't. I don't look. I didn't look into this one too much. It seems interesting. I mean, look, I, mean I have a use case. Maybe you know, you have a sword. You know, you know some kind of weapon in your hand, and you hit someone with it. Mm-hmm. Like you know, and it hits against other metal, and then it hardens up, so you kind of feel this resistance. You know, like, 
<laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely useful. It would be useful for for games and just kind of feeling things. Um, yeah, and adult entertainment. Let's move on. You wanted to talk about this one. Uh, definitely, you had this on the list. Hollow Vis yeah, I want to video. Let's see. Let's put it up on the giant robot screen. arms for intense VR motion simulated right. experiences. I mean, how, I mean, if we are considering are we in the future or not, we are in the future with that. Just show the video and I will describe to the people who listen later on. There are like literally two volunteers sitting in some kind of big ass roboter and it will lift them and throw them through the space. So it's, I'm pretty sure something like an industrial roboter that you would use usually for for building cars. cars, yes, it, yeah. it's usually where they bring it from. Actually, these these big arms that have so it's uh, like Kuka, six it's axes. a very famous uh, yes, yeah, six it's axes. A Kuka, it's a company it. from Germany that was bought by Chinese investors. It's actually yeah. a very famous one. Whenever you go to a factory, you will usually see Kuka roboters. Kuka, and they're just throwing. Yes, it's it's Kuka. You will see it on the roboter. It's written there actually. Mm. Uh, for for our podcast listeners, I want to I want to ask: Do you do you like the uh, the crickets and the 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 sound of the <laughs> of the forest in the background? Hopefully, that doesn't get annoying. Um, I think it adds some, a little admit, bit of you soothing. Me actually, yeah, I think it's fine. But you asked me to read the comments, and I'm actually not sure how to do that precisely. Um, well, you can probably I'll open try up. My best. Yeah, you can open up the uh the the show and the streams we are so yeah we are live on facebook we're live on twitter uh, on twitch as well um i don't know this is our first time doing it in vr and big screen it could potentially become yes. a kind of a platform for us to use to do these podcasts and it could be really easy for guests to be able to join in so they just pop in here they put on a they put on a headset and they pop into uh the experience and then we and then down uh, it's actually under my account. I didn't make one for the research VR. Oh, okay, uh, you can go to like Oz the Wizard or Wizard of Oz, one of those two. And then we are also on Facebook as well. Yes. So I would check that. Yeah. Let me check Twitter. So Facebook, sure. I'm definitely reading. Oh, cool. We are. We, it's working on Twitter. Seems like. Yay. Nice. Wonderful. Um, it's it's an experiment. It's an experiment to push the limits of testing further. Yeah, still making sure that we describe everything we see, so even later on when you hear it, you can enjoy it. But the video will also obviously be available for rewatching. That's right. Yes. Next topic. Um, yeah, I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> let's go. Okay, so no. this is. Let's talk a yeah. little bit about Slam, about a uh, tracking method. Not that, just Slam. Okay, it's not just Slam. It's Magic Leap Slam. It's Deep Slam. Oh, look at this. Yes. This is like the, the Donald Trump pinch. Magic Leap yeah. has the absolute best. That's a terrible Trump voice. <laughs> stop that. Um, stop it. Dude. Magic, <laughs> Magic Leap researchers revealed Leap Slap yes. tracking algorithm. Basically, they're talking about creating a really efficient one camera solution, yes. one, one camera solution, uh, for yeah. doing feature detection. In uh, in between frames, at I think thirty plus FP FPS is what they were they were claiming. Yes, and um, also on average uh, CPU, so not uh, any strong, particularly right. computer, but actually not yeah, that, optimized that's, hardware, so just that CPU. Yeah, that's very important because yeah, um, fast, lean, easily running at thirty FPS on a single CPU. Um, but yeah, so basically they're doing feature detection using t uh, a convolutional neural network, which 
I think the mm-hmm. CC- CNNs means there's two neural networks that have to that exactly. um, you compare write the results of one and you check it with a second yes. neural network exactly and then I, that's how you know that's how you know where you are and um, yeah. and I mean what do you what do you want to add to this Tita? What I honestly um, um, think is the fact that they are finally showing something. I mean, Magic Leap is astonishing. I mean, this is like the first real thing I saw from them. It's not rendered, so actually a real scientific paper that shows that they are going deep into something. And um, there was um, recently this... Um, I always forget how to pronounce the company. Avagant Glyph, whatever. Av- Av- Avagant, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Avagan, and they also show like some kind of uh, holographic display, and I think the Verge reported on it, and everyone likes it and sees it as a competitor to Magic Leap, and I also think that in a certain way, um, the Meta 2 is a competitor to Magic Leap, I would say, however, what this article shows is they're really trying to figure out the problems of SLAM, which is basically understanding where you're in space, and this is something that I've not seen very well working except for Microsoft's HoloLens. So this might be actually something that really pushes them technically far away. And this is maybe what part of their weird API that they are working on. So it's maybe not even the display itself, because other companies can build it too. Um, I mean, sorry, I'm trying to get, get this camera. <laughs> there we go. Ah, okay. Sorry, I was just I'm wondering like if you're trying to make some signs. <laughs> no, no. Uh, we could totally stop talk talking. in. Please stop. We can totally do some sign language in here. Just bloop, 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 bloop. Um, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. obviously, so, this is a really important problem to solve. And yeah. from what we've seen. Also, hmm? Yeah, no, sorry. Go I on. was saying Apple, from what we've seen from Apple with ARKit. Yes. And also, Facebook is doing it now with their, their own internal app um, or the camera inside yeah. of the app. You can do slam with just one camera, and Apple has really shown that you can do it well. I mean, it works on a 60 FPS level. Currently, I mean, I had a 7 yes. Plus, an iPhone 7 Plus, so like mm. it has a pretty uh, a high-end spec phone, I'd say. It's not yeah. like a low-end phone, so, no. uh, but it works really well. And so I, I don't think Apple's mm, talked about however, how they do their slam, right? Yes, but um, Apple has definitely, I'm pretty sure about it, used uh, like solarometer and uh, yes. gyroscope and magnetometer, so they have more data. So they, in this article, they just speak about the camera. It's, it's only... Who definitely reuses everything that they can, right? That's fair. To make it more precise. Very cool. That's should you. we... I feel like we should be posting these yeah. links. Um, we will in the show notes. We need so to you have... Can check um, our website. That's right. We'll have it in the show notes. If someone wants to help moderate the show and help with, like, links yes. and posting them in, in chat, that would be amazing. Contact us. Uh, either tweet at us at ResearchVRCast or on Facebook at ResearchVRPodcast. Uh, just comment below. If you're, if you're a fan of the show and you want to help us do these live yeah. streams a little bit better, it would be super awesome. Um, but yeah, the reason Absolutely. why we'd want to do these live is because we can take questions um, in a real-time yes. basis. Yeah. Um, cool. Exactly. Let's, uh, let's okay. chug along here. HP's new commercial VR backpack. You want, you really want to talk about this, don't you? He's he's just you're such a big fan of of VR backpacks. Um, <sighs> yes, I am. I However, know. the one backpack that I own or that my company is working for owns is me today very much. That was loud. I'll just play it. Oh, okay. Um. um well, <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty. 
I mean, you're a very big fan of wireless VR, and you're pretty you sure. Know, I like I like my whatever. I like my TP casts. I don't have one, but yeah, but you I don't like have it. one exactly, and me neither. But look and at this! This is know. ridiculous. Look yeah, at that guy! Yeah. Look at that! Yeah, it's funny. I mean, it's keeping your back warm. It's you know, if you fall, it protects you. Well, the news here is that HP announced a very it, for for a VR backpack. I'd Beautiful. say it's actually pretty nice. Um, it's a dockable yes. PC. Here, let me put it on, and, um, yeah. on the big screen here. It's a big dockable PC that, like, exactly. you put onto the, the backpack part, and then, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, it works. And, and it's like $3,300 and, and which is fine. L- let me tell you one problem. Check that out. Backpacks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is. Nice rendering. <laughs> totally unrealistic. However, <laughs> however, let me tell you one problem with the future of work. What's up? What's the yeah, what's well, the problem? Is, so, is so it the, the monitor? Is you can't. No. Yeah. Well, no, not really. No. Uh, it's you can't really unplug them and put them on your back without restarting them. So if you have them in the desktop mode, like you connected the power supply, and then you want to run on battery, you have to power them down and power them up. So if this back, what do you mean you can't problem, switch? You can just, oh, you can't exactly. switch from battery power to AC power. Yes. Yes, like mm-hmm. not without rebooting or like shutting it down. And this thing solves it. And what they apparently announced was a dock. Why not? It's right. awesome. You know, I just work on a super high density NURBS format cut files. The the dock, the, the desktop. The yeah, the desk, the desktop to mobile aspect of it yeah. is really interesting. Um, exactly, because and it does allow. You connect a Meta yeah. Two to it. Sure. I mean, if you sure. use anything, that's a good idea. Yeah. Actually, that's a great idea. I'm, I'm yeah. sure. I wonder if they've, they've looked into those. Yeah. Um, next, uh, next story. I'm not. We're not staying on on stories for too long, unless we no. really, really want we to go not. deep into we are not. Not today. We are very nervous. It's our first time. <laughs> we talked uh, about this. We talked about this topic long time ago. I don't about remember which G- GVS or um, galvanic vestibular yes. stimulation. I think it was like yes. one of our first you. earliest episodes. Yes, I think it was. Yes, that was very very old. Um, and now it seems to work. I, Do I explain? S- sir, I'll give a little background to what a GVS is. Galvanic vestibular stimulation is basically they've, they've done research on this where you put electrodes around your ear, which then you mm-hmm. can stimulate your vestibular system, which is how you keep balance, right, in your ear. And uh, you can electronically control the G-forces that you can feel on your body or on your on your head so technically yes. what you're supposed to be able to do is like um is get rid of motion sickness if you're in a let's say plane right so you can actually feel the g-forces of the plane as you fly around um yes i mean i think that's a really neat idea i think if you can actually feel it like, helps with motion sickness i think it just helps with like full-on immersion you know problems. yeah absolutely so that's I also really think neat. it tickles down the motion sickness, and it kind of looks ridiculous right now. But if they can squeeze it in a nice headset, why not put more right. electrodes in your head? Um, Peter, can you explain to us what this four-pole system means? Does that mean like four axes, or it looks like they have yaw acceleration? Um, um, can you scroll that... down? I think sure. they had... Can you scroll down? Uh, I think they had a description there actually. Yeah, there it is. Uh, I think four pole means that they have four electrodes. I see. So With a two pole GVS setup, four, an electrode behind yeah, each exactly. ear, 
is able to induce lateral movement or roll. And three-pole GVS is an additional electrode on the forehead. Okay, so they have two mm-hmm. around the ear, one on the forehead. And where's yes. the fourth one? The fourth GVS mm-hmm. um, back. places two electrodes on the mastoids and ah, another okay. two the on the temples. Wait, mastoids, I remember I had to measure them when I was in <laughs> So is no, that... Mastoids are the points behind your ear, yes. So, here, let's go back let's to the uh, camera view here for our viewers. Right back here? Yes. Right back here? Yeah. Like here behind your ears, yeah. Right I can't really here. show it, but you can measure them, yeah. <laughs> I had to measure them for each subject, so yeah. See, oh, yeah, I guess you can see it right there. Um, Yes, yes, you can actually. There is an electrode falling, you know, through his ear, and on the other hand, I guess behind one on his the, left and, part and of the, the temples. Face, yeah. Doesn't look like there's one on the forehead. Temples, yeah. So it's one, two, no, three, not and on four. The yeah. Yeah. Um, so no, this is interesting because uh, what I remember of Lucky Palmer, like at OC one or two, was talking about like oh, yes. how there was such uh, variability between uh, people and the uh, the level of how intense you need to have GVSs yep. for each person. Yep. For so for some people he said that the stimulation would like feel like nothing for some people and for others you would feel like it's frying their ears or something like scary like that. Um so that's he kind of tried to put no. an end to it when that question was asked. But it looks like there's people that are still interested in it. Uh about a year ago we actually had a story coming out of Mayo Clinic working on something called, oh, what was it called? Um, do you remember that they also were working on a four, kind of four axis GVS system? Um, I have a small blackout. I don't remember, honestly. Well, I'm, we'll link to it as well. But yeah, it seems like we'll the researchers yeah. are really interested in anyway, it. We haven't heard anything from them ever since they announced it. Let's see. Let's see what will come of this. Uh, exactly. I mean, just imagine you would have a headset with uh, this system, with additional VCI, with eye trackers, with some kind of smell inducing. Because there are systems that at least try to induce smell. I tried recently one that was paired with a Gear VR. It was awful, but hey. With a Gear VR. Fine. Yeah. How many? You know, there was a movie. I watched the Ratatouille, and there was like twelve smells it was trying to induce. Hmm. It was a big box behind me blowing smells. It was fun. Just imagine combining everything together. You have like a room full of gear worth, I don't know, half a billion and <laughs> creates a full matrix experience. <laughs> we are kind of close to that. At least yeah. technically possible. That's true. Yes, uh, this is actually a very awesome article. Moving forward, we have yes. VR-based treatment for vision disorders shows positive results in peer review yes. study. So this is about the company it's called so Vivid Vision. Wonderful. Go for, go for it. Do you, do you want to talk about Vivid Vision? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, so, not so much about the company. I actually never heard of them before. I have to oh, really? check them. But the article describes. Um, the well, before sorry. Itself. Before you move forward. Yes. Uh, ten episodes ago, when we review, uh, when we talked to Chris Miranda from Enter VR, uh, his podcast. <sighs> he actually works for Vivid Vision now, or he has been for like the past year. Oh, or two. nice. Um, and yes, they 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 know a lot about uh, how to use VR for. Um, it for seems, eye therapy, it seems so. vision therapy. I, I mean, the experiments that they did is really smart design. So the problem here is that the patients they were working with apparently have a dominant eye and a not dominant eye, so the brain kind of mm. ignores one of the eyes. Most people are right, right the eyed, other one. Right, if you're right-handed, you're that usually right-eyed. Exactly. Right. You, you can kind of check it with those finger tricks, but 
uh, it seems that for certain patients it's unhealthy, so like you're really ignoring one eye mostly, and that's not good because your stereoscopic vision is impaired. And what they did is they used the fact that the Sweden Nexus uh, the HMD is showing you two different pictures to each eye, and they showed the cues for winning the game only to the passive eye. So your brain had to focus on the passive eye. So what do you mean by cues? As in, eye. you what kind of like visual cues mm. they were getting is yes. what we're seeing on on screen, basically. Like exactly. Okay, exactly. so th they're training the the so, individual to use their non-dominant eye to yes, exactly. For what exactly? Yeah, I mean, uh, I know. So the brain, um, you know, uses a non-dominant eye again, and you have proper stereoscopic vision. So I know, I know, Vivid Vision was into correcting lazy eye. That was um, a lot yes. of kind of what. The, I mean, is this part of their the, th the therapy that they're developing for that, or I mean, what's the benefit I of, of yes, training yes. your non-dominant eye? Uh, well, uh, give me a second. I think they mentioned lazy eyes. Yes, it do. Yes, lazy. So study the study calls existing yeah. lazy eye and treatments. Yeah. Using eye patch or the dominant eye or blurring it with liquid drops, penalizing therapies, uh, penalizing. So yeah, it looks like before without VR, they used to literally blur your eye, your dominant eye, with yeah. liquid, yeah. and or like put an eye patch on it. Um, but yeah, it seems like do, using. Um, how yeah, you find over there? Um, seems like I mean I'm not seeing a big difference between the left and the right eye. It seems like the cues are in both eye I mean, here at least. Um, Maybe it's not in the video, the... it doesn't show it properly. Well, it, it should, right? Because that's the right eye and this is the left eye. Um, uh, wait, wait. I oh, yeah. So there, there is a big difference here where that cue yes. is not in the right eye. Yes, and, and, exactly. Okay. So that's that's really interesting. There, what is it called? But I really um, enjoyed ocular... the article because it, yeah, yeah, but, but it shows that you can revise the brain with VR. You know? Sure, you can train so the awesome. brain to be, to be better using VR. Yes. That's for sure. Well done. Um, we'll keep our eyes on uh, Vivid Vision for the time being. We should see if we can get him on in here, actually. Either... Oh, dominant eyes. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep, I'll keep my right dominant eye into it. Um, yeah, maybe we can get do an episode with... Stop laughing. It's not that funny. <laughs> I'm not laughing. <laughs> <Stop No>. <laughs> uh, I would like... What the point I'm trying to make is that I would like to do an episode with them and kind of dive in yes. deeper into it. And we I probably, would love to do it too. And we probably will. Moving yes. on, this was cool. OptiTrack is making moves in VR, um, and they have been for a while. Seems like they're, they've made a full body tracking solution by creating these pucks. Oh, does, it, does that look familiar? Does that look familiar? Hmm. Hmm. Let me just scratch my beard here. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, so it seems like with the OptiTrack solution, are, they're an IR-based solution, right? Where basically you have like a ton of cameras around you um, yes. on poles. Right, is it the IR wavelength bandwidth? I think yes. Um, it's, it's a very high-end tracking solution. A lot of mocap companies Definitely. use it. A lot of... Um, Everything before yeah, the live tracking, even for filming uh, cameras yeah. for people, mocap, everything, they used to use OptiTrack and Vicon. Um, and so OptiTrack is trying to stay relevant, 
to the lighthouse tracking, which, I mean, lighthouse is good, but it's not always the best when yes. it comes to tracking everything. I mean, obviously it's scalable, yes. but, um, so they are showing mm. off that you can do full body things. I think they had a second story as well. Um, right. The Rift face pad. Yes. We've actually even seen Facebook <laughs> using OptiTrack in their own. What are you laughing at? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Um, Facebook. No, I'm, 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 I'm really laughing just at the fact that I have a, a pointer. So, to the audience, it's my first time on big screen. I actually really enjoy it. It confuses me a lot. It's pretty, I mean, it's cool. You can point to things in here and it works. Yes, exactly. Uh, the, so back to the point that I was trying to make. Facebook, when they were yes. showing off their glove trackers, uh, people wearing, you know, VR yes. gloves, they, it was fully OptiTrack based tracking. Um, which just means that their experiment, like, they're not, completely tied to the two cameras that the Rift uses, you know, like, they're actually not tied to that at all. They're trying to get away from that as, as quickly as possible. Um, yeah, they want to have a standalone device, right? Yeah, I mean, it's all going to be inside-out based. Um, coming forward, so yeah, OptiTrack is really good at doing... Um, I've seen, I mean, I've seen a lot of installation-based VR use OptiTrack and Rift specifically and VR backpacks on top of that. And uh seems like this faceplate is going to make yeah. that a little bit easier for um, manufacturers or, or uh, vendors to actually be using OptiTrack. Does it mention a price? Yes, 749 yeah, for, for the faceplate. Yeah, which nothing. I mean, you'd think 749 is very expensive for a headset accessory, but, okay, but like when you're paying what? How much do you pay for OptiTrack? Like 15, 20 grand or something yes, for a system? Um, $749 is nothing. Yeah. Um, I had actually a link in the notes for today's episode from Kickstarter. It kind I, of fits I right saw, now. I saw the Kickstarter. I didn't see how that was relevant though. Should we pull it up? Oh, there's a new backpack. There's that new, um. Yeah, as a woman. The omen backpack. I think. Um, because in a certain way, you know, the body tracking that we had, uh, one news before is also apparently going to work out with those weird shirts that you can get on Kickstarter. Just, I'm fascinated by the fact that there are more and more people going for this electrode bending technology. Do you mean so this? Ever actually? Is this what you mean? No, no, no. no this no, is what no, you no, sent me. No, no, no. That was no, terrible. No, no, there's a second one. No, there's a second one. Yes, there's a second, oh, okay, there's a second there one. Is. That was exactly for the fact that it's terrible. I wanted to discuss how terrible. It is. Let's see what this is. Oh my God! It's so loud. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus killed my eyes. Uh, yeah. Um, let me. It's I, it's so, what we see right now, to anyone who's not seeing, there's a video putting up. Yeah, but I mean, some people will All right. listen later, right? We do have a podcast as well. So just, yeah, yeah. So, so there are people wearing a weird jacket. Or it looks like a. It has electrodes inside. Right. Jumper? Sure, you can call it a bodysuit. Body suit, basically, yeah, it has some kind of device on top of it that they claim has just Bluetooth 2.1, which I don't believe it sounds very old. But the technology works basically exactly the same as the Manus VR gloves, where you have electrodes that you bend, you basically stretch when you move yourself mm -hmm. and change the resistance, and through that, and machine learning, as they claim. Interesting. They so they're not how you move. they're not doing points of track points of re reference points on the body to track. They're no, nope. they're using the 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 quality of bending of fabric right the yes, qualities of bending exactly. um okay that's that's an interesting approach i haven't seen that i wonder how accurate it could be oh there seems like there's I a big no latency between <laughs> what he's doing and what the the character is doing um i, I mean we've the latency seen it can come through the 
fact that you know they kind of suck at software level right now. How much do they want to? How much are they charging for this? Let's see, because um, like there's a good I amount think... of of body suits, like cheaper mocap, yes. including Perception Neuron, including the Rococo suit, yes. including um, yes. a few other ones that we keep seeing at these conventions. Um, yeah, as you say, there's really a big uh, delay. I think they want five hundred or six hundred dollars on Kickstarter. It's definitely a developer kit, so don't get it if you're just a consumer. Who who who's their target like, audience? Maybe. Like, what do they want to do with this? Oh, oh gosh, who knows? I'm just skeptical. You're asking questions. That, <laughs> you know, I'm skeptical as well. I just like the idea that someone scaled up the manus glove basically to the whole body. So what do you mean? I, so the the manus gloves is all are also based on yes, like stretch fabric. Absolutely, you have uh, electrodes on each finger, and when you stretch the finger, it changes the resistance. And then they have basically the gyroscope, or basically detection of the thump. In addition, I think in the newest version, I didn't try the newest version, I think, but they definitely use uh, electrode stretching method, okay, changing resistance. Okay, that's cool. Which that's is cool. also maybe an approach. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's the future. Maybe not. Don't give them too much money. Oh. Okay, I'm at, finally I'm looking at the comments on my phone <laughs> for Facebook at least. Oh, um, Peter, oh, you uh, okay. totally forgotten about our audience. Uh, Falco Zint, if yeah, you're still I... watching, he saw he says oh. that the XMGs are a better choice. That's the those are the VR backpacks that Peter uses. <sighs> uh, exactly, I use them. I love them. And I don't want to say anything and, bad. And Hi, Falco. Great that you tune in on every episode I'm doing. Yeah, thank you, Falco. <laughs> He's also asking if we can turn off the background noise. Unfortunately, I don't think we can in this environment. If we change to a different mm-hmm. environment, we mm-hmm. win. But we'll do that for the next episode. I just wanted to see how a yes. campfire would do. Um, I mean, we might even make a special <laughs> one for podcasts later down the line. That would be really cool. Yeah. Like a special research VR cast, like set and everything and like have the logo in the middle It'll look really official That'd be nice um let's move on to next story what else do we have here um blah 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 yeah. i saw I, nvidia announced some interesting things yes this um, is lovely dude they do such a bad job of like explaining things <laughs> they <laughs> they're do, marketing but it's super thing. tough to explain it I guess I like I had I mean, to read this over and over again, and it seems like Ian, who who has written the article, did less of the writing and more of just like, look, I'm just gonna copy paste yeah, the way they <laughs> they exactly. try to explain things. Uh, but I mean, come on, how how easy it is to explain light fields and different ways of seeing objects in front of you? It's just super confusing. Uh, I had to yeah. listen to our own light field episode three times, so I finally understand <laughs> what it is. Yeah, Dom, that was a, good a very episode. good one. That was a really good. Which, it's a very good one, but I still was not be able to understand it that quickly. Are you it's talking tough, about tough um, the one with Ryan Dam from Visby that we talked about Lightfields, or yes. your episode yes. with Dominic from Nvidia? No, 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 no. Definitely, definitely yours. Mine was lame. I mean, not lame, but <laughs> mine was not that deep. But yeah, you guys didn't talk about Lightfields as much. So, no, <laughs> no, um, Going back to this, it seems like Nvidia research is um, trying to fix the virgins and accommodation problem of your eyes of VR. So basically, now we've talked about this before. We'll re- quickly explain what it is. The um, Let's go back to this camera here. Currently in VR headsets, you can only focus using virgins, which is basically um, 
in our headsets, your eyes are focused at infinity, but like if there's a close object, your two eyes can shift and look at them, but it still doesn't exactly feel like the same type of focus. You also can't, like, things don't go blurry when they're out of focus in VR yet, because you're just not focusing that way. Not yet. This seems to fix that. Can you move your screen, sir? You're blocking yes, yes, the audience. Yes. <laughs> I'm um, trying to read the comments from the <laughs> mighty audience. Um, so, previously before, we've talked a little bit about the Avogadro Glyphs mixed reality um, light field display that they were showing. We had a, a great video about that, actually. Um, but uh, what NVIDIA is trying to do is seems like they're using some interesting terminology. Let's see what, what they were calling it. Yes, they are. Uh, Very uh, cryptic. They have two things. The one is using a transparent holographic back projection screen. What, what does that mean, Peter? What, what is a holographic back projection? I think what it means is that you have some kind of uh, screen in front of you and the projection is behind it, projecting on the screen, and it's holographic because it's transparent. Right, so it's a reflection onto a, like a Fresnel, yes. right? It looks like... Yes, something like that, yeah. Right, and then... Yeah, I mean, I would say that this is like the screen and then the projection is somewhere here projecting on top of it. I'm nice just photo. wondering how they're adjusting for different focal focal uh, planes. It doesn't seem like um, they talk about that much. They also talk a little bit about not really. adding chromatic aberration. I wouldn't. I didn't think this was something you'd want to add. Um, I, I thought this was something you'd want to get rid of. But it says this administration makes use of the research. Um, in evidence to support the idea that our brains use what a photographer would call chromatic aberration, causing colored fringes to appear on the edges of an object to help understand where an image is in space. So they're saying the you get some kind of chromatic aberration around objects, and I guess light kind of bends in a certain way that would do that. I don't, I don't understand this this paragraph that they're saying. Mm, they're I have no here. idea what they're talking about. Yeah, honest. I think we know a fair to bit me, about. It sounds very strange. Vision, but I haven't heard about chromatic aberration in in your real eye. Me neither. Right? Me neither. No. Nvidia marketing team, do better. I want to. <laughs> I want to understand what you guys are doing yeah, here. Please include like a PDF with twenty pages of scientific paper we can read and understand. That would that would be nice. Because Maybe this we'll nonsense come. is. Uh, the second demonstration as as have uh, is, let's go back to the big screen. Second demonstration, Membrane VR, a collaboration between the University of North Carolina. They, um, they use a deformable membrane mirror for each eye that in a commercial system can be adjusted based on where a gaze tracker detects a user is looking. Um, and so deformable membrane mirror, that's, a, that's, that's how you have a um, variable uh, variable focal plane. So I don't know how they're act it is a variable membrane. <laughs> they didn't talk about that either, but I can understand the principle. I don't know. How it, um, it, it looks like I don't know. Do you remember this other um, holographic display they showed like three, four years ago at Zgraph that was showing you different focal uh, perspectives? Yeah. Basically, merging screens. The one with Stanford. This like the, yeah, exactly. And this seems to be like the development of it. I don't know. Mm. It looks super geeky. Yes, indeed. Well, I think that's all the I news we had for um, 
for that we wanted to cover at least. Uh, but yeah, back to oh, dude, why did you pin that comment? <laughs> uh, back to our the podcast here. If I just want to say hi to everyone that's that's watching and has joined that is missing us because we were we've been gone for a little bit. Um, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. But I had a reason. <laughs> We'll do a little bit of housekeeping now. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the podcast, where we are, what we've been up to. Um, this concludes the news <laughs> section of the podcast. Section. Yes. I should. I should check. I should check Twitch as well. See where we are with everything. Yeah, I will. I will definitely be next time better prepared to open different tabs and train myself as Oculus uh, to be faster reading comments or maybe hack myself as, as a screen in my Oculus so I can with one eye as a dominant one read the comments <laughs> the non-dominant receives the VR in the well, that's funny um well let's uh mm. let's talk a little bit about what we, we what we've been up to exactly you have been on a very interesting trip haven't you yeah we ha- I have been um I uh let's see get the camera where we can put it back to where it was sorry i have to, to tell Aaron right. that he's right now not in this virtual room it looks very very um how would i say it um suspicious uh. and i have a total matrix style feeling that the world is around me is fake like, it's well it like, is I know it's fake. It, is, it is but but just it's just like I don't know. It feels super intense, like, and I, I didn't experience VR as a senses right now. It's like my first time spending with someone in VR, right? Like an hour maybe already, and like trying to interact also with computers and talking about topics, and knowing that someone is listening. It's, it's overwhelming. I think VR finally reached my heart deep down. You're saying this Whatever. experience right now, yeah. this this moment, yes, is a very significant. It's one moment. of the deepest VR experiences I ever had, honestly. Yeah, no, I think. Social experiences in VR are very, very yes. significant. I want to talk a little bit about Echo Arena and how incredible of an experience, how polished it is, and how it does so many things right. Um, some of the things that we've we've t- we've talked about here, in terms of cognitive load, in terms of presence, that how presence-inducing high cognitive load tasks are. Um, and as well as just other layers of polish. Sorry, I keep scratching my nose and you can see that because <laughs> I'm, I'm holding the touch. One thing that Rifts needs to figure out is how to like not have little hair sticking out and touching noses. It gets so scratchy and itchy. I just keep playing with my nose. Yes. Yes. Um, back I to have the girl. same problem, actually. <laughs> you can understand. Armenians have big noses and it's hard to do that. Um, back to the topic at hand. We were, uh, mm-hmm. Echo Arena is an incredible experience where basically it's like soccer in space, except it's not soccer, it's frisbee that you have to fly around to in 3D and, and grab, um, frisbee and throw it. And, but the reason why it's, why it's so good is because somehow they got the IK, the inverse, inverse kinematics to look really, really, yeah. really good. They got the movement. A system to be excellent because you can grab th- things and th- propel yourself off, and then you have thrusters to um, to kind of adjust your 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 you know vector, and then 
you can also grab other people and like slingshot off of them. So transfer and transfer of energy. Unfortunately, they don't slow down, which is an interesting choice because I guess that just kind of keeps okay. things going quickly. But like, there's there's a lot of really interesting physics that you can use in there, and the game is just so. <laughs> Sky. Um, <laughs> the game is just so immersive because you're just constantly like like flying back and forth between the mm. field and um that i like this part about it that after you score kind of like in soccer you can kind of like run and do a flare move you know like oh like put your hands up in there or like take your shirt off something stupid like that and then all the other players come and like hug mm. you that's essentially what happens in this game is like as soon as people score they like start flying they like do a flip and they're like pew 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 and then all the whole team or the enemy team comes up to them and like either congr- congratulates them or like punches them or you know it's like really 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 cool <laughs> because it has the same mm-hmm. interactions that you would see uh, a real sport having love that yeah. and it's just been the one kind of experience that i've been wanting to go back to um and re-experience i it's 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 fantastic it's free on the oculus store you can even try it on a vive using revive downloaded echo arena um that's really cool nice um another thing i want to talk about is chroma labs it's not out yet but it, it is a trip and a half let me see if i can find the steam page for it um chroma lab they've teased it on reddit before uh, where is it? Store page. Um, hmm. It is basically a particle. You you mess around with particles in VR, and you pu- you put music to it, and it's all audio reactive, and it's just like it's kind of like an acid trip in VR. It's it's kind of incredible. Um, no real science research VR reason why I want to talk about it. I think it's just a really hypnotizing experience. Um, it's, it's not out yet, but it will be very soon. Oh, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's just commenting on the podcast. Oh, nice. Hey, Sarah Lisa Vogel. Good to see you. Yeah. Um, I guess we were kind of talking about the summer a little bit. I, uh, I, yeah, ended, exactly. up, I ended up going, I did do some traveling. I ended up going to like Iceland, Sweden, um, Germany, Croatia, Armenia, mm-hmm. um, most of it solo with myself and my drone. <laughs> and, uh, I went and visited you for a little bit in Ger- Germany and you, then you, you came to Berlin. Berlin, had a great time there. So we haven't really had Definitely. as much time to do any podcasting, fortunately, but we're back. Um, and come on, we deserve the summer break. So we do, we do. We didn't really, it was an impromptu. Uh, break, but but it's but it was much needed, I'd say. Yeah, um, I mean we're here just for fun, you know, talking about the newest news and making sure people know interesting things. But also in the summer, usually not much is happening anyway. So yeah, I'd say it's kind of uh, yeah. I mean, it's it, it was a really awesome project that I went on to Armenia um, with the reality. You did some awesome shooting with a drone. It's Lo- lots of videos. Do. Anyone just Google his name. And um, check it out. it's on Maybe Vimeo actually. I'll, I'll, I'll link Perfect. to the videos on Vimeo. Uh, I did a lot of drone Gorgeous. kind of videos, but the exciting part actually is that I, I went to Armenia with the realities.io people. Uh, so yes. David Fitz, uh, Fitzwalder, he, 
he's like one of the biggest experts in photogrammetry and, and, and yes. their app is free yeah, on steam you should try it out if you have a vr headset and it's just like yes. the most incredible 3d scans of environments that you can walk through in vr yes. um and we went and captured you feel really, like you're there yeah they're very good you at just really like, feel capturing. like you're there because the texture is perfect you know the mm -hmm. texture is literally as it would be the meshes look incredibly good and it's all made from photos so it's I don't know, it's mind-blowing. I don't know how they are doing it, but it's ridiculous. There's good. some clever, like, lighting um, effects as well at certain places, like god rays and, and dust particles in places yes. where it really gives some life to the environment. Um, yes. So we went and captured these really, really old Armenian, her like, heritage sites. And, you know, it's kind of a passion project that I was going to do by myself with my own drone, but we ended up going with like tons of drones and cameras and, and capturing these places. Um, I don't have too much to show yet, but more more on that coming. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that Super was really, really awesome pod project that I was in. Um, yeah. yeah. Peter, anything that you want to share from your your side of life? Um, uh, my side of life? Uh, well, I'm, you know, just going on with my life. I meet from time to time awesome people in this rainy Germany. Sometimes... You know, people come from US to visit. Sometimes I'm in Berlin seeing some nice people. And actually, there were a lot of VR conferences and there are going to be more conferences, which I hopefully can manage to score one or another very interesting interview. I've definitely recorded two on the Digility, which will be at some point released. We need just to process them. And in between the live episodes, we'll definitely push them out. Um, and actually, looking at all the huge amount of uh, industrial-oriented startups, but also game startups and, in general, VR-focused uh, interest. It's highly fascinating. There was recently even an article, um, I think an upload, about 450 VR startups in Europe or something like that. Mm. It's a kind of VR-found uh, company, I think, found it out or did a research. And so the economy is growing, and that means also that the community is growing. And for me, the community of the VR you know, experience is like so far has been like the most interesting part because people are just super enthusiastic and that means i'm usually even more on the go you know visiting more events meeting more people which yeah you do you do go point. to a lot of these events lots of vr yeah, conferences it's awesome popping to up. meet everyone yeah it is it's um, crazy i met a good amount of fans at just random and just listeners yeah. of these podcasts yeah i mean it's awesome the research vr community is 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 pretty widespread um, yes. like spanning yes. continents and countries and lots of, uh, a lot, basically all the major, uh, and smaller VR companies that at least I know of, like at least they either they've exactly. heard of the podcast or they've like active listeners yes. to it. Uh, so and that's I'm incredibly also trying awesome. to evangelize for it. So I was recently giving a lecture for 50 or 40, I think it was 40 engineers. And the engineers study engineering uh, in Paderborn, but they actually have a class on VR and IR for engineering. And I had the honor to give the last uh, lecture for them, you know, just show the possibility where the future is going. And yeah. I obviously also, you know, made advertisement for the podcast. So if anyone from them is listening, yeah. you know, welcome, listen to more. And in general, spread the That's word. Right. I mean, we're just two people. If you think that what we are doing is at some point interesting and you like it, don't only rate us on iTunes but also spread the word. Make sure that people are aware of it. And also, please tell everybody at some point that it's not important to listen to every episode. 
listen to those that are interesting for sure, you. Sure, yeah. There's like no pressure. You know, well, it happens to a lot of people. They open a podcast, they're already 40, 50 episodes, they think, oh, I need to listen through every one of those. Well, the, no, yeah, not it depends. Depends. I think we try to title things so that it's, you know, if you want exactly. if it interests you per topic, you can yeah. go into it. If you're ever interested, pick it up. It. If you like it, listen to them all. Um, hopefully we'll be doing a lot yeah. more of these down the line. Um, and I think at a more regularly paced thing, uh, hopefully I, I will have a regularly paced day that we can even stream these so people can, you know, It'd kind of lovely. schedule them and, and drop in. Uh, you can either on Facebook, Twitter, or Twitch, um, on the podcast side. So if you are a listener of the podcast and you're subscribed to it, fo- you know, follow our channels and you'll be able to see this happening live. Um, on, I know on Twitter, you can turn yes. on live notifications on Facebook. You can turn on also live nice. notifications. Um, and just get notified. So anything else you want to cover Peter? Hmm. I think this has been a good, sure. uh, little reintroduction. Yeah, I, I really like it. Do you like it? Yeah, exactly. Cool. That's, that was my point. Yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really fascinated because, to be honest, I really got used to speaking in front of a mic, and I really don't have any emotions, like strong emotions. You know, I have a guest, or I talking with you sure. over Skype, record things. But this episode today made me, I don't know, considering that we should do more of those live things and more of those live things in VR, because it triggers a lot of emotions in me and makes me very interested in it. It's <laughs> a good way to put it. It's tough to describe. I don't know. It's a good way to put yeah, it, Peter. I'm, triggers I'm, lots I'm of emotion. All righty. Yeah. Let's do it. Where's our outro? Where's okay. our outro? Goodbye, everyone. Where's Goodbye our outro music? See you soon. Oh, yeah. I know. It's planned. <laughs>